Hello, this is Mona and welcome back to your Immigrant Journey podcast. In the second part of my conversation with Smitha, you'll hear our chat about parenting and the challenges faced by the first generation of immigrants in supporting their children through a potentially very different educational system. We also discussed the importance of searching the job market and continuing to find opportunities during the first few years before completely settling in one city or state. We concluded the episode by inviting Smitha to return to the podcast so that we can discuss our fears as newcomers and how she was able to overcome them. I don't have kids, but since I have not grown up in the US um, and it took me some time to learn the culture, I always wonder how it works with immigrant families who have not gone to school here. They're not fully familiar with the school systems, right? And how, like, how can they provide a better support to their kids? I remember when I was going to school back home, my parents were involved with uh, my assignments. Sometimes um, they had to write little notes on, you know, my homework for the teachers to review. And I can't imagine myself being here with kids and not knowing how to interact with the school system. And you raised two beautiful girls, very successful. And I know you were not going through the school system here. That is correct. So how did you do it? And what is your advice for people in the same boat as you being here new, but raising their kids? I've been a parent for 13 years and I, I can honestly say that I'm still learning how to be a better parent, how to be a better mom. But my top advice to other immigrant parents is just to talk to anyone and everyone who can make a difference in your kids' lives. Um, whether it's teachers or principals or other parents, counselors, staff, board members even. You just talk to everybody because the only way we can make the most of the school system or the education system is by knowing it. Correct. You have to get to know the system. You cannot be just a bystander standing on the outlines and just watching what's going on. You have to jump in and get involved. Ask questions and question everything. Mm -hmm. Don't take no for an answer. Don't take anybody's answer. Trust your intuition. I strongly believe that when you're a parent, you absolutely know best what is best for your child, no matter what anyone says. Mm -hmm. right? You can get your information, you can do the research, but eventually you know what is best for your child and for your family. Um, when I was unemployed, you know, I was volunteering in the classroom and teachers love that. They love free uh, extra help. Extra help. You know, with like 20 kids running around, yes, they need as many people as possible. But what that helped me do was build relationships in the school community and advocate for my own daughters. That's brilliant. Yes, I was part of the PTA. I chaperoned on all kinds of field trips. Um, I attended school board meetings, you know, whenever I could. Now that became a little challenging when I started working. Um, so now, now I try to Keep the conversation going with my girls. What's going on at school? What are you guys doing? Who are your teachers? 
And, you know, every um, grade, they offer you one parent-teacher meeting, which is very different than India because we had parent-teacher meeting every semester. Oh, interesting. And here they only give you one teacher-parent meeting per year. Mm -hmm. So, but that doesn't stop me from scheduling more. So I schedule additional parent-teacher meetings and I go and speak to the teachers about what my kids are doing and how they are being in class. Um, What I have learned is us immigrant parents... We have a multifold challenge. We are trying to maneuver an unfamiliar school system. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also trying to understand new teaching methodologies. You know, we did Absolutely. not have technology in the classroom the way kids have technology in their classrooms now. Yeah. And then if you throw the pandemic on top of all of that, we are dealing with something that nobody knows how to deal with. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we teach kids through a pandemic? You know, online learning and so on. The the other thing we're also facing is a lack of a support system, right? We are not like the other parents who have um, grandparents here, uncles and aunts here, who can help pick up kids, who can help drop kids. So we are maneuvering that too. Not only are we managing our nine to five jobs or work and career, we're also fully, solely, completely responsible for our children's schedules, you know, with no other help, right? Um, but I, I believe that as long as we can keep communicating and keep asking questions, we will be okay. And so will be our kids, you know, and I think our kids will be as resilient as we are because they see kids are always watching us. They're always watching how we face challenges, how we overcome fear. You create a perfect role model for your kids that life is challenging, but we are going to go through it by showing up. Yes. And I think immigrant parents also raise the bar on their kids. They raise that standards really high. I agree. I think it takes a lot for immigrants to leave everything they have behind to move to a new country with big dreams, yes. with big goals. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that if we hadn't had those opportunities presented to us back in our home country, our children are going to definitely take advantage of that. I don't know how much if, you know, our kids are born and raised here, they can see those opportunities because now mm. it's it's more available to them. Yes, yes, that is definitely a challenge. That is a constant conversation in my family too, where anytime I see one of my kids taking any opportunity for granted, mm-hmm. we do have a conversation around that. And at some point, you have, we have to understand that they are not being raised in the same circumstances as we were being raised. Absolutely. So we have to let go of some things. And we have to keep educating ourselves as their parent mm-hmm. to meet them where they are and to support them in the best way that is possible right now. So it's that's why I say it's a it's a constant game of learning mm-hmm. and adapting and evolving. You can never get comfortable when you're a parent. It's just always something is always changing. Yeah, which I think that's why people with kids they they see that as the biggest um growth opportunity for themselves. Yes. Because kids are going to question every move you make. Yeah. And and if you were doing that unconsciously or without deep thinking, now you have to come up with some sort of answers for that. Yes. I was actually thinking about so many successful people with immigrants' parents 
right? Steve Jobs is a good example. Mm -hmm. So as much as we might be concerned that we don't know the system, we don't know how to raise our kids, just having a, a loving household for the kids to come to, um, I think is important. And yeah. they're going to, they're smart. Yes. They're going to figure out how to monitor the system, how to leverage their parents. Uh, kids are much more resilient than adults. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk about the job market, right? One of the things I realized when I moved to the U.S. is I don't know enough about the job market. I came here with a computer engineering background, but ended up working at the retail and banking industry for a few years before I was able to get a job as a business analyst, which was closer to my education it took me almost four years. Mm. Even the role that I have, I'm more involved with change management initiatives mm -hmm. with um, supporting the organizations that are going through major expansion. And I go into kind of figure out how to organize people, process technology and move them from the current state to the future state. And when I left my home country, there was no such a job. I still don't know if there is such a job mm. in Iran. So one of my advice for people is always spend some time and do some research around the job market because mm -hmm. there are jobs available here that you might be interested in that might be aligned with your strength. Right. And because you're just so focused on replicating your success the way you had it back home, mm -hmm. you might be missing out on other opportunities. Right. So I have moved um, to different industries and different career paths. And if you look at my resume, it seems a little bit all over the place, <laughs> but it only helped me to expose myself to different roles to see which one actually I can do better and which one makes me happier and I have more fun with it. Right. And that's how I landed in change management, like leadership, which I feel considering my background of being an immigrant, yeah. going through change constantly mm -hmm. and have to juggle a few things all the time and reorganize the plan. Um, it's just a perfect place for me to support the businesses. Right. So what was your experience? Did you feel like you were able to find a job that is aligned with your education or after the eight years that you got your green card, you saw other opportunities that you were not aware they're available? Um, thank you for that question. Actually, first, I want to say that I really like how you put that piece together for yourself of how you've journeyed from coming in as an immigrant and going through different careers and jobs and and it culminates you into a change management expert and because that's what you've done all your life you've managed change mm -hmm. so that's really inspiring for me um now Thank that you. now that you put it that way it totally makes sense uh what you do um for me you know i was already working in india for a couple of years and then i moved here to go to school so for me, the path was slightly different. Mm -hmm. I came here um, because I needed to move, you know, to the U.S. I wanted more opportunities. I wanted to be in a more diverse environment. Um, and I just wanted more challenge in my life. So I and my only way to move here on my own was to go back to school. Mm -hmm. So I went to, you know, graduate school to earn an MBA 
and I already had a master's in human resources before this, so I decided to change and I did my MBA in a different field. Um, as soon as I graduated, the immediate question was sponsorship, right? For me to find a job with somebody who would sponsor my work visa, mm-hmm. because I only had a few weeks of a certain kind of a permit that allowed me to stay in the country. So I needed to find a job pretty quickly to allow me to stay on longer and slowly make my way towards a green card. Um, So I think for most immigrants, myself included, that's the first priority. We have to find an employer who can sponsor our H-1B and then the green card. And that process can take several years. And during that time, we are quite restricted to career options because not many employers want to sponsor H-1Bs or because it's an added expense for them. And I think it has become more difficult. It has more. It has become more tricky, more difficult, complex, and even more expensive. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if you already have an H-1, not many employers want to transfer your H-1 to their employment. And then even fewer companies want to sponsor you for a green card. Because what you're doing is you're essentially taking away a job from, you know, a U.S. citizen and you're giving it to an immigrant. Right. And you have to make a case to the U.S. government on why that makes sense. So not many companies want to do that argument. Right. When you do find an employer who wants to sponsor your green card, it comes with so many chains attached. Mm-hmm. Right. They may not pay you at market rate because they know that you are desperate, right? So they take advantage of your position. Um, There may be no room for promotion. So you're just there because they are sponsoring your green card. And that's it, right? And you need to stick with them until you receive your green card, uh, which could be any number of years, right? Um, So I made the mistake of not asking my first employer to sponsor my green card, they had already sponsored my H-1B and they were really happy with my work. And if I had asked them to sponsor my green card, they might have, they would have. But I was so unhappy in that job that I didn't want them to sponsor my green card because that would have meant I would have to stay longer. I see. Right. Because I would have gotten stuck in that role. Yeah. So I decided to change jobs. And the second mistake I made was I was so happy to get the job. I never asked them in writing Mm -hmm. that they would sponsor my green card. And eventually my work visa came to an end and I was home. Um, Luckily, because I was included in my husband's green card application, I could still live in the U.S. legally. I just couldn't work. Um, I think before we talk about career and career guidance, I think there needs to be more support in legal guidance. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, if you're here on your own, you're trying to figure things out, there is some way you can find out what you need to do immediately to make your stay legal and to be continued to be employable. Right. Um, and also we need a support system that can help us overcome fear just because we are immigrants. It doesn't mean that we are less worthy and that we will not deliver the same kind of performance that a U.S. citizen will deliver. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand that and not play down our own accomplishments, right? Such a good advice. Um, So the legal residence is absolutely the first priority. And once your legal residence is secured, only then you can start really exploring Mm -hmm. into and building your career, right? 
Um, I find immigrants are naturally hard workers. I've seen you. I've seen other immigrants who work really very hard and they give their best to their careers and their jobs. If we can just eliminate fear from that equation, yeah. we can rise in our careers very fast. And I am speaking from personal experience also. Um, I think we can seek out mentors and friends and support systems that can elevate us. Um, we have no ties to one city or state, so we are free to move around. If oh, we find, point. right, we have better job opportunities in a different state, we have absolutely no reason to stay in one place. We can go move there. You know, that, that is not particularly true if you're in our home country. You know, we have family all around, so we stay in one place, right? So we are more comfortable in moving around. We are more mobile. Um, I definitely feel that creating or being part of a network is very important and finding a community that can support our growth. Going back to your point that we are not alone. I think that fear becomes even more intense when you feel like you're the only one mm -hmm. dealing with what you're dealing with, right? Um, when you create that network, that kind of becomes the closest thing that can replace the familiarity of our country of origin, mm -hmm. where you kind of know everybody, you know how everybody behaves, what are the rules and the traditions of that country. If you create a network or a support group, that becomes like your second family. Um, other than that, I think you just have to continue to be hungry and open-minded and just use all your resources, you Absolutely. know, and give back also. You know, when you're in a position to give back, you give back. Um, I think that that is my advice, you know, for career and for growth and kind of breaking that deadlock in our life. Yeah, and I like when you said we have opportunities to move around. Mm. It's interesting because I don't see that in practice as often. Um, I was working with two women in the last few years and both of them were unhappy mm. with the state that they were living in. And when I asked them, why don't you consider moving to another state? They said, well, it's going to be challenging. And I just reminded them that you just moved from one country to another country. Right. It almost feels like because we ran that marathon, we're not going to be willing to do another two sprints yeah. to get us to the place that we actually can be happy, maybe closer to the community that we know, maybe a different weather yeah. that we feel more comfortable with. And then when they land in that, like I landed in Florida, mm -hmm. um, in 2008 wow. and uh, my uncle has been living in Florida for almost 40 years so it was a comfort zone for me mm. and the challenges that we had economy crashed two weeks after I landed in the US oh my so gosh, yes. I was forced to look into my options and I moved to California and we had already rented a place we had already uh, purchased furniture and I remember that for the first time I heard about Craigslist I didn't know what it was, but <laughs> someone, and I can't remember who, told me that don't worry about buying this stuff. You can resell them mm. through this website. Yeah. You might have to sell them for cheaper, which I can tell you, I made about $700 in 2008 reselling my items. <laughs> so what I'm getting at is we have already made that big effort yes. to come to this country. And I think we, we move 
with big goals and dreams. Yes. And it might take us another few years of trying mm -hmm. to get to that place that we feel comfortable. Let's just not stop where we're landing. Mm. And if there are other jobs and opportunities in other places, let's just consider that. That is a great point. We're getting closer to the end of our episode, but this is the important one. I think immigration has been one of the most challenging life experiences I personally have had. Mm. Moving from a place that you know everything to where you know very little about is confusing. It's scary, it's overwhelming, and it needs a lot of mental stability and strength. But I also found it transformative at the same time. You kind of find strength in you that you didn't know you had before. Mm. And you go through the experiences that if someone would have told you that this is, you're going to be successful going through this experience, you probably wouldn't believe them. What is your suggestion for people who have taken on the journey of moving away from everything they know to more unknowns to pursue a better life for themselves and for the generations to come? Mm. This is a great question. Um, I feel like everything I have shared until now has kind of been an answer to this question. Um, you know, we move to a different country because we want a better life, right? No matter what anyone says, you know, when Republicans are in, you know, party or Democrats are in party mm -hmm. or what's going on with the world, U.S. is still a land of opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, whether you're waiting for your green card or which actually should always be your first priority or you're already past that stage, there are countless resources for learning, for growing, and for developing ourselves, right? For example, in, in, in my case, when I was unemployed and raising two kids, I was seeking out any opportunity that was free and did not need a work permit, right? Um, what I also realized is while we are going through the immigration process, so many of our dreams get postponed, right? whether it's buying a house or getting a nice car that actually runs right <laughs> <laughs> or you know traveling or pursuing other hobbies um those kinds of things get postponed for a few years because we are not secure yet mm -hmm. traveling for example you may not be able to leave the country for a few years that's correct you know so you're kind of here in this country but no matter what those circumstances are, we should not let those delays discourage us or make us forget our dreams. We should never forget why we came to this country, you know. Otherwise, what's the purpose of moving away from our home country, leaving our families behind and struggling in this new place? Why did we come here if we're not going to pursue our dreams? What was right. the point of that? So my suggestion really is to be bold and to be fearless. And let's always keep renewing our spirit of adventure and go after our dreams with an even greater intensity. And we have this golden opportunity to build our life exactly how we want it. Mm -hmm. um, it'll be filled with challenges. You know, it's not going to be a smooth ride. It's going to be bumpy. It's going to be like a roller coaster. But every challenge that we overcome 
I think will help us write another chapter in the immigrant story of our success, right? And that's what I really feel. Let's be bold, let's be fearless, let's be adventurous, and let's just keep going on. Let's not stop now. We should also trust that as we are growing, we are gaining more strength. Right. So we can take bigger risks. Sometimes yes. we forget how much we have changed mm-hmm. and grown through the process. And sometimes because the first few years of emigration experience were challenging and we had failures and there were so many rejections. I think if I put like the rejection letters from schools and, and the mm. jobs and the people together for myself in the first three years, maybe it's even more than a couple of hundred. Yes. But then I kept telling myself that this is temporary. Yes. I am sure finally my time is going to come. And yes, it wasn't easy because it lasted me a few years, maybe six, seven years to land the job that I felt I can bring in my full self to work mm. and is aligned with my strength and I'm adding value and I make a difference in people's life. But it will come. And that I would like to end it with that. Be audacious mm. and take bigger risks. And have fun. And have fun. Thank you so much, Smitha. I would love to invite you back because there's so much we can talk about. I'm also thinking about maybe in one episode, just talk about fears. Yes, that would be awesome. Let's talk about fear. That's one of my favorite topics.